I am Brother Cornell West, and this is If I Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. On this episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, what hip hop, computer coding, and Google all have in common. With my guest, Richard Ashe. I'm Manny Faces. Let's go. The thing about hip hop uh, today is it's smart. It's insightful. The, the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is, is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip-hop didn't invent anything. But hip-hop reinvented everything. Welcome back, everyone, to Hip Hop Can Save America, the podcast that examines the individuals and organizations utilizing hip-hop music and culture in innovative ways to improve lives, livelihoods, and communities across the country in areas such as education, health and wellness, politics and activism, business and entrepreneurship, the fine arts, spirituality, and more. My name is Manny Faces. I'm the creator, producer, and host of the show. For more than 12 years, I've been highlighting these ideas as an independent journalist and scholar, content creator, public speaker, podcaster, and founder of the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy, a nonprofit under which this podcast lives. And I thank you for spending a little bit of your life with me as we explore concepts that all too often go underreported or simply ignored by other media, mainstream as well as much of hip hop's own. This episode is brought to you a bit selfishly by Manny Faces Media. While the nonprofit houses the podcast, Manny Faces Media is my independent media content creation company, which specializes in podcasts and narrative, audio journalism, and storytelling. If you or your organization is looking for an award-winning production company to create, improve, or consult on podcasts or other audio projects, visit us today at www.mannyfacesmedia.com. Lastly, if you want to reach thousands of people that are just like you, interested in stuff like this, talk to us about sponsoring this podcast at info at hiphopadvocacy.org. Okay, let's get going. On this episode, I'm speaking with Richard Ashe. Richard works in strategic partnerships at Google, and through Google's Code Next initiative and a partnership with Rapport Studios, he created an initiative called Python MC that uses hip-hop music to teach young people the basics of computer coding. I've seen it in action several times now. It's one of my favorite examples of the intersection between hip-hop and tech. So I wanted to get into it with Richard and find out more about how this initiative came to be and how Google plays a part in helping hip-hop and tech. So here it is, my conversation with Richard Ashe. Richard, first of all, thank you for taking the time out of your 80% 
over there at, at the company that you work for uh, for taking some time out to speak with me. I do uh, truly appreciate it. And to let people know, I, I gave you a, a little intro coming into this, but from your own words, let people know who you are, uh, how you define yourself from a professional standpoint, your name, rank, and serial number and all that. Got it, got it, got it. So Richard Ashe, I work at Google in strategic partnerships. And in uh, my 20% time, I created something called Python MC. It's a collaboration with Codenext at Google, uh, which helps bring computer science to underserved communities and Report Studios, who helps bring culturally responsive pedagogy into tech. Very nice. So how long have you been at Google? Nine years. Nine years, actually, yesterday. Oh, happy cake day. Happy Google. <laughs> Google, Googleversary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very cool. Um, I'm not sure how to help. That's my... Uh, was that Google talking that, to Yeah, Google. I'm talking about you, not to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At least you know I'm a Google family over yeah. here. There you go. <laughs> uh, so did you, do you share the same birthday as Gmail? Was that it? Uh, G- Gmail and I were born uh, on the, roughly the same day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and fun fact, I was born August 11th, 1973, which is arguably <laughs> the day hip hop was invented. Depending yeah, on which, which, which date you... Uh, you that's true. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So there you go. You have some, some lineage. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what is your day-to-day at, uh, at Google? Yeah, so I work with technology partnerships. Basically, what that means is uh, Google has lots of technology that a third party, like a company, could integrate with. So if you're developing a product, you can hook into different parts of Google. And I help them do that. So I help them understand like what they can do on Google technology and I pull in the right resources to help them do it. What kind of uh, projects or some examples? Yeah, so I work, for example, uh, in Chrome, like so the Chrome browser and the Chrome device, and we help bring this to enterprises. And companies have lots of different technology that runs on a device or in the browser. And so um, we'll work with everyone from you know Citrix to Salesforce to SAP and all these sort of big enterprise companies to help them run properly and, and effectively on our technology. Got it, got it. Now, Google, as you mentioned, you're 20% time. So for those who know that, you know, Google does uh, allow its employees to work on sort of side projects. I guess you can't, you know, be a stripper, but I guess you could probably do some, a lot of, (laughs) they give you a lot of leeway to work on a lot of different projects. You work uh, in education-based projects, which you just kind of touched on with Python MC. What is your connection to the education world, your outside projects, so to speak? Yeah, great, great question. So my first job ever outside of after college, besides waiting tables, was I became an English teacher for a year. And I was convinced I was going to be an English teacher. And, you know, so I had my little English teacher suit and I was like, you know, I was getting uh, my jacket and everything. And I was like trying to be an adult. And I was really getting into that role. And I absolutely love teaching. I still do. Um, one of my students six weeks in told me in the middle of class, he raises his hand. I'll never forget this. And he says, you don't look like an English teacher. I was like, what, was that a question? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, I just, you just don't look the part. This does not, this is not you. Like, I think you should wear a suit. I think you should work for a company. But like, I just, I think we're having fun. You seem to be doing a decent enough job. I just don't think this is like your thing. If, if, if he was a student today, you'd say, this is not your jam. But it's basically, right. he's say, English teaching is not my jam. And I kind of laughed and then I went away and thought to myself, he's right. I don't know why he's right. He's just right. And like, I know education's for me in some way. I just, this is probably not the right space. And so I, that always stuck in my head that education was still in there. And finally, I got this opportunity to, to teach computer science 
to students through Codenex. And that's kind of where I got really properly re- reconnected with education. I was working in, uh, in education in terms of our technology. And like one thing that Chrome did is we became the number one device in education. I was part of the team that was helping schools understand how to use Chrome in the classroom. Got it. So there's an education tie-in, you know, yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, the development of well, first of all, so before we get into how you how you came to create the Python MC, kind of explain that. I did briefly, but please uh, give yeah. it your your best uh, elevator pitch for what Python MC is all about. Yeah. So the idea behind Python MC is to use the music and the movement of hip hop to teach computer programming. Python is a one of the most popular computer programming languages. It's used by you know, Google and Instagram and NASA and many of the large organizations out there. To teach it, though, in the traditional way of teaching computer science, like traditional computer science teaching goes something like this. They teach you the language and the syntax and how complex it is. You go through all this effort just to learn just how to type a little program to write hello world on the screen. And you get a little bit further than that. And the first thing you do, like your payoff, as I like to call it, is to write a program to do something like check whether a word is a anagram or a palindrome or sort in a particular way. And for certain types of learners, that is an awesome payoff. Uh, I happen to be one of those types of learners that I really get into that. I also think it falls short um, for me as well as many learners in that it's just not enough. Like they want to feel like they're doing something that's, that has a bit, like is a bit more impressive, a bit, you know, of a bigger impact than, you know, checking anagrams. So Python MC, I I was teaching myself Python and I was listening to a hip hop track. The particular track I was listening to was The Choice Is Yours by Black Sheep. You remember how that song starts? Do you remember like the very intro of that song? It goes this and that, this and that, this and that. And then that's before, you know, drops in. And uh, and that kind of sounds like an if-then statement. I started to think, what if you could rap in code? And what if you could teach coding through rap? And so I started working with Rapport Studios, and these, these guys have been doing culturally responsive pedagogy for years. And this is like their jam. This is exactly what they do, they do a great job of. They've been doing it in the history and English and all these other topics. They hadn't yet done it in computer science. And I said, well, what if we could do this? And that's when our collaboration started, and then it kind of went off from there. And eventually it came down to, um, through that collaboration, we started to just riff on different ideas and eventually started to realize, wow, you could really... You could really integrate hip hop into computer programming in so many different ways, and that's how Python C started to uh, take off. I, I, sat, I finally sat through. I, I danced around the workshop, and I finally sat in on it at our recent uh, gathering. And it really, like you say, that that payoff is there immediately because you're immediately seeing the results of your work, and it's not just you know something displayed on a screen. It's not just the hello world. It's it's something you can actually kind of dig and and jam to and have a good time with. So, so the, the, it's got to be uh, one of the most engaging ways to teach computer programming that's probably ever existed. I really um, appreciate that. Thank you very much. I, yeah. look, the feedback from students is pretty awesome. They get, that, they get that first hour and they've written enough code to start to like, drop their own beats and like, yeah. remix their own beats. Then their eyes light up and they're in. They're in for good. And this is, I mean, you don't have to have any computer coding experience no. the way you're presenting it. Yeah, and, and no, and no music making experience either. And no music making experience. And it's interesting. I, I sort of stumbled upon this platform called Ear Sketch. Um, it's made by Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech School of Music Technology. And Jason Freeman and his team—they're absolutely brilliant people, deeply steeped 
both in computer science and music production and music theory. And they've created this platform called the Earthsketch. It's basically, it's a digital audio workstation um, behind the scenes. It's similar to Ableton or you know, GarageBand. It's actually Reaper. For those computer scientists out there, or people that are in this and like have a strong technical acumen in the space, it's basically making API calls to Reaper. Normal everyday language, what it's doing is you're writing code. Instead of having to drag and drop, that code is taking those actions for you to like put in a sound file on a track, stretch it out or, you know, or shorten it, put in effects. That's all instead of dragging and dropping, you're writing code. It's like a script. And you can write that in Python. And because you can do that to what you were saying before, with a little bit of Python code, let's say you know how to do, you create a variable. Just by knowing how to create a variable, you now know enough, like, which takes me all of like maybe five to 10 minutes to teach someone how to create a variable. Right. Then they can use like the template and all of a sudden they're throwing in beats all over the place. <laughs> and then within a little bit more instruction, they're doing a for loop. And after that, now they have a sequence of beats that they're doing and doing interesting things too. We basically get through in that workshop, we got through effectively, you know, over you know five and a half weeks of six weeks of content in the space of what, what two hours. Right. And uh, it's sort of like a you know crash course in coding. And yeah, you don't really need any background. It's really primarily ideally suited for high school students though. We typically, our sweet spot right. is kind of like around kind of seventh to ninth grade. Younger right. students can definitely do that. We had uh, DJ Wilrock in our That's session right. last time, who was 11 years old. And I've taught, you know, 11, 12 year olds before. And you can have you know, more uh, older students, you know, that are in college or, or older. And that anyone can kind of start from scratch in that space. Sure, sure. I, but, you know, learning the variables, learning kind of the, the if-thens, you know, that's the, these are the foundations of programming anyway. So if, you're, yeah. if you've never been exposed to that, you're immediately exposed to the foundational concepts. But in a way, again, that you very much uh, can relate to and understand because it's uh, the way it's presented. Yeah, I appreciate that. And then it's, that's, that's exactly our intent. The idea is to uh, learn what we call the big four. And this is not, you know, my idea. This is actually Code Next. Like, so Code Next had, uh, they helped me really structure Python C and like give me some like broad brushstrokes on what to think about. You know, Codenex is basically an organization at Google. They now have a storefront uh, schoolhouse here right on the side of the building on, on 8th and uh, 16th here at, in, uh, in Chelsea in, in Manhattan. We also have one in Oakland and we have one in Harlem. Basically, they, they take, they partner with schools all around the city who have what we consider to be underserved students. They have some computer science, but they don't have really a robust a computer science curriculum, maybe. Right. And these are primarily Black and Latinx students. At least half of them are women. Um, so we partner with organizations that cater to specifically trying to inspire young women to, to code. And we have some awesome young women who are now like starting their IT careers or starting their tech careers. And it's really, really exciting to see them do it. And so they bring them into this space, uh, this workshop where you have a mix of like kind of long-term kind of multi-year curriculum and weekend programs, as well as people like me who bring like sort of this volunteer program as well. And mm -hmm. so it started there teaching those students directly. And now we turn this into, you know, an online resource that anyone can access. And so what we ultimately, how we structure is we have what we call the big four. And the big four, basically, like you said, it's like the fundamentals of coding. It's variables, loops, conditions, and functions. If you know variables, loops, conditions, and functions, you now can learn any programming language. It is, right. it is basically the fundamental building blocks of 
Python, JavaScript, Java. Yeah, I've, I've, I've dabbled in PHP because I used to build WordPress sites and all that stuff is that's how I figured it out. Yeah, exactly. And then and then the great thing about coding is like once you learn one language, you actually very quickly can learn your second, third, fourth language. The fundamentals are there. And that that's what we but that's what we teach in Python MC, those those big four. And then we just expand from there. Like level one once a week, you know, about two hours a week for eight weeks. And by the end of that, you are not only like remixing beaks, you you actually have a really strong foundation in programming. And then level two and level three just expands on that knowledge. Right. What have you heard from other program administrators or teachers, maybe in these comp sci classes or in schools that don't have any any comp sci? What have been sort of from the educator standpoint, seeing how the music specifically engages kids? Like it's a lot of times it might be the first time they've they've seen kind of that hybrid or that intersection of music being used as a tool to educate. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the feedback you've gotten from, from teachers and administrators? Many of teachers have come to us saying this this is just a great way to engage students. Some have said this is the way we need to engage students. This is the, this is the sort of thing we should be doing. You know, I'm not the trailblazer in culturally responsive pedagogy. That is a area like people like Report Studios have been doing for a very long time. Nor did I create Ear Sketch. Mixing the two together has been a new thing, and the reaction is extremely positive. This is just a question of just like how many people can we connect with, and how fast we can we do it. What I've been doing is going to places like conferences like the CMU Hip Hop Hackathon and places like that. And my goal in each of those is to find one person out there who wants to volunteer and, and their eyes light up and they just want to get into it. And if I could just get one more volunteer each time I speak, then this thing will just start to, to grow more and more. Um, but the administrators and the people that teach, they, A, they absolutely they love it. They want to get into it. Um, some of them just don't know how. They might not have the coding background. And so what we do is we just offer you know, free coding workshops. We do that both through, you know, hangouts, through, through webinars, as well as, you know, face-to-face training. And I can get someone up to speed within really a few hours. And then it's up to them to go and like study the content on their own. And if they already have a coding background, it actually, sure, that's going to be a bit easier. The sweet spot actually are people that don't have a coding background. Mm. People that maybe have, for example, a little bit of PHP, a little bit of JavaScript, like have dabbled to some extent, but aren't like, you know, professional programmers but are eager to learn because that eagerness to learn really inspires them to, to really get into the content. The fact that they get to teach it very quickly after they learn it is a great opportunity to reinforce their learning and sort of test their knowledge. We find that those people that are kind of either just starting their career in computer science or maybe just starting their career in computer teaching, that seems to be the sweet spot for us. Cool. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I, I, if you're trying to get me to volunteer, Richard, I'll you know I'll see if I can find time on my schedule. Yeah, I, mean, I would actually I would actually love to if, if I you know and I'd love to. I really enjoyed the hands on and, and getting to to know. It. I have someone in mind though. I'll send somebody to you. You seem like a busy guy, man. I don't know. <laughs> At the moment, a little bit too much, but uh, <laughs> you know that's how we do with our many. We have many hats, yeah, yeah. Uh, not just many faces. Uh, so a lot of people think teaching with hip hop. So when you talk about the way to do this versus a way to do this. Uh, but a lot of people think that teaching with hip hop is very uh, linear or direct. In other words, you want to teach a subject, you make a rap that contains a bunch of facts, you yeah. have kids learn it, and now they know those facts. And that's great that it works. But with hip hop based learning that goes a little deeper than that, as also I think with programming, a lot of people think programming is very, you know, strict and rigid, but learning programming and, and I think learning it through hip hop, especially, uh, let me know if you agree also teaches more than just the way to program it, it. These things reinforce other values like critical thinking and problem solving and 
other aspects of learning that aren't just the actual way to program or, you know, or do a thing. Uh, yeah. Do you find that is the case with, again, both coding in general, teaching computer programming, but also when this intersection with, uh, with music? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And by the way, I, I'll say this once I've said it a thousand times, absolutely love your presentation. I think it articulated so many of um, the things, the different ideas I had in a very clear way. You talked about like how hip hop can pack everything. And when we think about hip hop and education, I think that, yeah, sure. I mean, you can use things like call and response. Uh, you can use rap for like mnemonic devices. And we definitely do that in Python MC. We call it the ABCs of coding, where we do a little bit of rap about the big four, about variables, loops, conditions, and functions. But that, that's not definitely not where it stops. That's just sort of like a starting point. Think of more in what, what you talked about in your speech about how hip hop essentially, it, it's fundamentally was hacked from day one. It was all about hacking from day one, like from how I love the way you talked about like the invention of the, the effectively the turntable and the brakes and how that all evolved. You just didn't, you couldn't just like take a turntable and like expect you to be able to scratch on it. You had to hack it before it was going to get to where you wanted to be. Right. And, and very similarly, you know, like because in Python C, these kids are, their students are writing code to ultimately create art and creating something that they, uh, they want to put their name on. And we give, we make sure that everyone day one has DJ names. So like they, from day one, they're like, they're thinking, oh, well, actually I'm an artist now, you know, I'm DJ Blackdrop or Blueberry or whoever I am. And, uh, and those are actually two students in our current class, you know, because they're creating something, it's less about why well, we'll need to learn syntax so I can just learn syntax, like coding for coding sake. Mm. And I need to get to this outcome. I need to hack through all the different ways I can use the code to get to that. Like I want this beat to drop in every eight measures and then fade while this other beat is just like layering on top of each other in different sort of phrases. And then they describe what they want. Like, okay, well that, what does that sound like? Well, that sounds like a for loop. Like what about this other one? It's like that other one, I don't know how to do. I don't know how to drop it in every eight measures. Like that's a good question, man. So Maybe you should think about different types of for loops and like mm. that a little bit. And then they go, they just start to try different things with the code. And that's exactly what, how a, a, an actual programmer would work. It's not that like someone gave them a, a problem statement and said, well, you got to figure out some sort of function to do that. And, you know, you need to fill in the blanks. It is, you got a thing you want to create. And there is definitely different paths to get there. And computer programming at its best is like when it's, really a work of art and it's telling a story and that's exactly what you see these students doing is they're they have a some musical idea that they want to express and now they just had to figure out what code is going to get me to that outcome wow. and uh, and it's definitely the way they're learning is actually much like through hip-hop is actually much closer to what they would do in reality in terms of like how they would solve problems it actually and what we're learning is that how much hip-hop actually directly can tie into computational thinking which is is the fundamentals of like how do you problem solve like a computer scientist and right. code society and purport studios is doing some really interesting stuff in that space it's, i love to hear these things you know oh yeah hip-hop can help with computational <laughs> computational thinking yeah it's it's, thinking. It's, it's it's kind of a like initially like in my mind like yeah. i my starting point was exactly what you know someone would think which was oh, i'm just gonna rap about code but then at the further we went along, the more conversations I have about this and speaking with people like yourself who, who are looking at this from a much broader perspective, I, you start to see how hip hop has 
much deeper implications for not only the way we teach, but just about the way we think and the way we problem solve and the way we just approach different a- aspects of life. And it's, it's, it sounds like when you st- talk about hip hop hacking everything, when you really start to think about what that means, it, it does, it's true. You know, you can see how it's been, uh, been happening for a very long time in various ways. It's just interesting to see how much it actually relates to, to not just computer science, but tech in general, right. and how much it, it's, it shaped technology in many ways, and like many of the things you talked about in your, uh, in your presentation. Yeah, indeed. And one of the things I think the side effects of this that I'm sure you've seen, again, super important to take this kind of idea, this concept, the Python MC, the work to the areas, the schools, the communities that don't necessarily have those resources as an everyday thing, don't have computer science classes, communities of color, uh, you know, poorer communities. Uh, but one thing I, I love to point out about, you know, hip hop in educational circles, a lot of times it gets pigeonholed into that. Like, oh, this is great for the black and brown kids. Yeah. You know, but this isn't, you know, I can't use this anywhere else. And I, of course, that's, that's silly. Yeah. You would agree. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I 100% agree. I mean, the fact is the, my focus is teaching uh, black and Latinx students because my ultimate purpose is to improve diversity in the technology industry. That is a complex problem. And one part of that problem is increasing the number of students that are interested. That is not the whole problem. And I definitely right. have a bigger, bigger conversation to have about diversity in tech, sure. all about like unconscious bias and the way people hire and things like that. And, and Google definitely is working hard on this problem and has a lot to learn still. Mm. But it, it is, of course, like just, just as, as interesting and attractive and awesome for students of any color, the same way hip hop obviously is. Like hip hop is, right. is definitely has transcended every possible barrier at this point. And actually, when, we, when people start to create different things in your sketch through the Python MC curriculum, often what they, they create, it's not going to be a hip hop track. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be gospel. It's rock. It's all over the right. shop. It really. And so the students, regardless of where they come from, they will ultimately kind of let their music interests go. Of course, their music interests are, are more diverse. Hip hop's the launching point and the hacking is definitely how they drop in beats and remix them it is very much a hip hop process. Right. But the actual in, finished work, that, that might be, you know, a lot more like a funk track or something else, you know? Right. True indeed. Yeah. There's the, the wide range of, of genres to pull from. Yeah. Hip hop, you know, or four slash four kind of music is obviously best suited for this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And as we can see, you know, even even and I like that as well, because you have this wide range of it's not just hip hop sounds or hip hop genre related sounds you have. You can actually in, in some way then you're creating even hybrids of the genres while you're working on this as well, which is, yeah. you know, really cool uh, idea as well. Yeah. The students actually, that one thing we do, we don't have quizzes, um, but this is an after school program. So yeah. it's not about like, you know, passing state exams. The way we kind of quote unquote check work and quiz is uh, very organic. Um, I wasn't actually, I would look over students' shoulders. I would first ask them to hand me their headphones. Like, can I, can I listen to that? And very naturally, like students would just like get excited and like, oh yeah, I, I think yeah. it's ready. And they'll give me their headphones. And then we get into the track and see what they do musically. And it's like, oh, that's really cool. What if you could create a drop here? How would you do that if you could reverse the list of beats that you had in there? What would you, and how would you do that in code? And then they go like, oh, and then they go away and think about it. And like, oh, right. <laughs> right. And so the fact that they have this identity as a DJ starts to, their pride is not just, a, not really about the code. It's more around what they created with the code. 
Gotcha. That's well, I think that's what makes what drives that engagement and interest. Uh, you saw everyone just completely into it until the end, and uh, yeah. you had great presentations at the end, like showing off showing off your work. Like who who's more like you know we used to have to read our stupid essays in front of the classroom and like yeah. oh god I got to stand in front of everyone and read my poem. You yeah. know <laughs> this is yeah. something you actually want to get up there and be like yeah check out what I've done. This is dope. Yeah, and they were like they, they had when during the hip hop hackathon at CMU. You know they were doing. They had like a PSA on staying in school and they had a whole rap and like they had a quote unquote, like a video on Google Slides and then obviously the beats they created. I mean, they, they were getting really, really super creative and that was, uh, that was exciting to see. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. So just a couple more questions. I'll let you uh, get back to not being evil or whatever it is. That we- <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> what would be next for Python MC? Just trying to expand the program, just get more instructors, uh, get into more spaces you kind of alluded to earlier? Yeah, I mean, so the, the way that we were trying to get this to sort of scale, I mean, it's free. Uh, that's that helps, uh, and so anyone can go to pythonmc.org and they can see the the free curriculum. It's uh, there's two levels, eight week courses. Anyone with any background at all in computer science could probably just pick up Python MC in like really in a few hours. It, someone without the experience, they can email me directly at my Google account, uh, R-A-C-H-E-E at google.com. They can hit me up on Twitter at PythonMC. And I would absolutely love to teach people uh, more about this. And I can take someone you know, with no coding background and just ramp them up. So to scale, um, we just want to get this out to as many schools and after school programs as possible. So the Boys and Girls Club uh, is starting to pick that up through Code Next. Um, we have, you know, schools all around the country. We have now officially have one school in Ghana who wow. is uh, who's using it. And uh, if you go to EarSketch, it's actually one of the supplementary curriculums in EarSketch. So it's just around getting out there to more schools. I think that's one thing. Another thing is we're going to uh, start to work on teaching tools, like teaching teachers how to use the curriculum. Right now, it's all about just, you know, one-to-one coaching. Uh, we're trying to figure out, like, what's the best format for that, whether it's, you know, videos or books or, or, or some other twist on that concept. To try and scale, basically. Yeah, just to yeah. try to, to, to enable teachers to do this, like, you know, self-serve and be able to just pick up the content and run with it with, you know, minimal prior experience. Got it, got it. So you, when you do your workshops, I know they tend to be just like we did at, at, uh, at CMU, you're looking for the next line of people who'd be interested in teaching it, not just the participants. So you have student, you might have young people at the workshops, but you're also getting a couple of maybe college aged or yeah, to try to figure out like who, who might be interested in, in paying this one forward. Yeah, exactly. And like uh, CUNY Prep, for example, is going to be coming in to do a workshop here in a couple weeks. And, uh, and some of those will be like seniors in high school and who, are, cool. who are just like a little bit more aptitude and more interest in computer science and like they're just up for it. So it could be really a uh, more experienced high school student, uh, college student, could be, could be a music teacher in theory. And one thing I'm that's one of our hypotheses mm. at this point is that we might be able to get a music teacher really excited about this as a way to create. And that's another thing we're thinking about in the future is like, how do we bring out more of musical pedagogy within Python C? Because right now, like music is sort of the payoff. How do we make that more part of what they learn in the process? So that's another thing we're going to start to experiment with. All right, very cool. No, that sounds great. I will help pass along the word. I have some things in mind. I think uh, we might have some other chances to hang out. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, and uh, I guess so. Then I'll wrap it with this. This is sort of like the the the, the payoff of this podcast, or yeah. the the thing I like to ask everyone who uh, blesses me with their time. The title of the podcast is called 
hip hop can save America. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a lofty idea, I'm sure. Yeah. I think we need a lot more than just hip hop to save America. But I think, honestly, and I have a lot of arguments for that hip hop can actually be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as, as we've seen from the, this intersection that we're talking about, just in your experience and your, like I said, from a grander perspective, a holistic view, what are the reasons that people should be considering hip-hop music and culture when they're looking for ways to truly improve lives and livelihoods and communities and industries across the country? I, my simplest and easiest response for that is we have tried a lot of the wrong answers to change different things about our culture, our society, the way things work. And we clearly, those wrong answers are definitely not ones we want to reuse. If anything, we want to hack through them, take bits of them, remix them, rethink them, and come up with, hopefully out of that, some unexpected solutions that might work. Well, hip hop's full of unexpected solutions. There you go. Exactly. Richard, thank you so much for your time, for your work, you know, especially just the stuff you do is, is inspirational. I love telling these stories. That's why I, I had to have you on here and, and help me tell your story and tell the story of all the, you know, students and inspirational folk who are involved in what you're doing. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Really, really appreciate the time. Love to talk to you. All right, man. We'll definitely catch up again. Cheers, mate. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks once again for taking the time to listen to the world's smartest hip hop podcast. For more from Richard Ashe and Python MC, visit pythonmc.trinket.io. That's Trinket, T-R-I-N-K-E-T. Also, Rapport Studios, R-A-P-P-O-R-T, creates engaging, immersive learning experiences, harnessing the power of tech, media, and pedagogy to scale empathy and inspire humanity. That's our kind of folks. Visit them at rapportstudios.com. Now, if you're listening to this on the website or anywhere else, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast using your favorite podcast app and that you rate us, review us, and share us with anyone you think would dig what we do. Hip Hop Can Save America is brought to you by the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy, dedicated to preserving, protecting, and promoting the ability of hip hop music, culture, and spirit to improve humanity, fight injustice, innovate industries, and save lives. If you have a product, service, or story you want to get out to a rapidly growing audience of people just like you, you can sponsor this podcast. The organization also accepts tax-deductible donations to help make these podcasts and our other work possible. Visit hiphopadvocacy.org to learn more, contact us, or contribute. Hip Hop Can Save America is produced by me through the award-winning podcast and audio journalism production studio, Manny Faces Media. Producers of acclaimed social justice journalism podcast, Newsbeat, as well as several other shows from across the worlds of business, marketing, culture, and more. Visit Manny Faces Media at mannyfacesmedia.com. And once again, I'm Manny Faces. Follow me on Twitter at Manny Faces or Instagram at Manny Faces NY. And we'll be back soon with Hip Hop Can Save America. Until then, I'm wishing you peace love, and unity. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip-hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com, filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, 
hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcasaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Many Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.